0: What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So waiting patiently in the Experience Acid Green Room is my bearded brother waiting for him to put his phone down,
1: Brad Reef. Hey, what what's up, dude? <laughs> what what is what is going on? Mm, just enjoying the uh, the uh, Monday, dude. It's Manic Monday, you know, doing doing my thing, and got stuff all over me I didn't know about. So my my sister just went to a uh, an auto shop to go get her car looked at. I wish I wish we were right here because they they quoted her completely wrong stuff, and I was like, Nah, I, I got this. I I can do spark plugs, dude. I can do spark oh. plugs. And everything. <laughs> what does what, 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 what does she drive? Uh, two.
0: 2013 Equinox. Oh, a four-cylinder or six-cylinder? Four. Oh, God. Yeah. Piece of, what is that, 15 minutes? Right, if that. Yeah, right, God, exactly. Just, if that. If that. Just make okay. sure you get the AC Delco Iridiums, you're good yep. to go. Oh, I, my God. I, I
1: got you, dude. I, I got that's you. That's crazy. Now, now uh, your, your wife, she doesn't have any of her locations mm-hmm. out by you guys? Well, so Discount Tire, she works at Discount Tire Corporate, and they only do tires. They don't do anything else. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I yeah, thought just uh, yeah, because we're like we're Tires Plus, but I guess right. the plus the plus is in everything else we do. You yeah, know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah they, they do they do just they do just tires only rotations balances things like that, but no nothing else other than uh, than that. Oh, okay.
0: So yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that's an easy job. You'll never do it, but that's an easy job. You, you're, no. You, dude. You, yeah. Yeah. no. No dude, I'm 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 really good at sitting on my rear end and being in front of a camera. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh oh my god. I, I have to put a door handle in my dad's truck. Uh-huh. I, I've had luckily they, they don't they, they rarely ever use it. They take my mom's uh, new car everywhere. It's yeah. been almost a year. <laughs> Nobody can get in and out of the passenger side. <laughs> and you did it? You did it? No, no I haven't done it yet. I got the park the uh-huh. garage for like a year now. I, uh-huh. I I know he. You know, last time he came over, he met me over. We went out for lunch, and I'm like, yeah. "Do I bring it up?" Because I'm like, I still don't want to do the job.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because uh, there's a couple things. One, um, I was when I was at Chevy, I, I learned a lot of stuff when I was at Chevy and GM. Um, so I have a Denali, I have a 2000 Denali, and which is basically a a, 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 a Tahoe, basically is what yeah. it is. It's just a badged up Tahoe. Anyways, um but I had to put a interior door handle in that. And I was yeah. like, I just watched YouTube and I was like, okay, my technicians can do this. I can do this. And so I got into it and I'm like, Ooh, and I figured it out finally. So, and it works fine. But I did, to, it took me probably about an hour and a half to do it. So it took took them like 15 minutes to. Oh yeah. You know, and, like, and,
0: <laughs> and people would be surprised. You know, when you, when you see a technician like working on your car and he's playing on his phone, and you get mad. Like, that guy should be working on my car. I'm like, that guy's probably trying to figure out how to work on it because there right. are times that, like, we don't have anything from the manufacturer. You yeah, know, like, yeah. like, like, it will go in, like, Mitchell, the, the program, and they'll yeah. be like, okay, disconnect battery, like, for an alternator, disconnect battery, remo- right. t- uh, take off belt, remove alternator, installation is opposite of removal. I go, well, you didn't tell me anything. <laughs> like, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. How do I yeah, So so then it's like does the intake come off? Does the exhaust manifold? So now that I'm on YouTube feeling like a jackass cuz I'm a mechanic <laughs> and I, I you know and I got to watch some other guy take apart a car because the manufacturer
1: doesn't give me a uh, a repair procedure. So I, I know you're super humble. I know you're super humble. Like you're you're I mean you know your skills. You know your skills and everything else like yeah. that. But my my mechanics they don't call they're not called mechanics out here. It's technicians. Yeah, we're, we're called technicians. Yeah. They don't, if, if, if someone ever calls them tech, it's like calling a doctor like by his first name and not doctor something. You know. Yeah. So they're gonna like, excuse me, I'm a technician, not a mechanic. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sorry. Do you work on cars? So you're a mechanic. Come on. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that's it. You know,
0: it's a, and, and for me, you know, like. I, what, like those old guys the grizzly greasy you know guys yeah, that dude. can change that can do anything those are yep. mechanics try oh, yeah. calling that try calling that guy a technician he'll punch you in the face oh you know yeah, dude. yeah, he, Absolutely. He, he's, like, yeah hes like I am a mechanic <laughs> you know so and and that's and that's it so but that's awesome dude that's it hey let's uh I want to get your opinion on the, uh, the the big news from the FDA yeah um, the FDA yeah. Uh, um, um, uh, the ban on the- the ban on flavored cigars. Now, a lot of people have been reaching out to me about this, and I've seen it in all the groups, especially the Drew State group. Oh, my God, the acids are going away. So I just want to let everybody know, the FDA currently defines flavored cigars as those mass-produced cigars and cigarillos that are combusted tobacco products that can closely resemble cigarettes. By this definition, those cigars that resemble cigarillos would be impacted, while larger cigars that align more with a premium cigar may be spared from the ban. Right, um, right. Do, do, do you think that uh, they're just uh, they're starting off small, and
1: they're going to uh, just uh, eventually? Yeah, this is just big government. This is more from the Biden administration, dude. I mean, it's just it's gotten kind of crazy. I'm not I'm not trying to get political here, but it's getting a little nuts. I mean, um, big government, bigger government. I actually saw on a newscast the other was MSNBC where the the reporter was like, uh, tell people why big government's a good thing. Tell them, it, it, can, can you explain to people why big government's a good thing? And right now you're seeing why it's actually a bad thing. You know, they, they manipulate and they try to control your life. They want you to go to them for all the answers. And that's just not how it's supposed to be. That's not how America was designed. That's not how we're driven. Um, and uh, quite frankly, that's what's that's what's going on. People are Depending, you become so dependent on the government, the government emulates your life, and then basically you're working for the government. Everybody has government jobs, and we're communist Russia, in about five years. So that's that's my opinion on that. I know yeah. everyone's gonna hit me on the hit me on the comments about me being a uh, libertarian and or a uh, uh, ultra conservative or something like that. I don't care what you said, what you call me. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that's what's going on. And it, what's really fascinating though is my 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 everybody in the cigar industry hates it. Like is it because I know if it, it, just just so you know. If they come for that, they're going to come for everything else. This is just a stepping stone. The flavored cigars, the cigarillos, and everything—that's just a stepping stone for all of acid. Then the acid is a stepping stone for all the cigars. Then essentially, everyone's going to be, you know, not we about what
0: we, you want. we you you and I have seen it in the gun world. You know, oh, they, my they 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 start off with well, we're just going to. We're just gonna take this and then we're just gonna take this. And then, you know, it's like, oh, we don't want to ban guns, we just want to get AK 40 or not or AR-15s. We just want to get those off the streets. You know, it's like,
1: whoo, soon as you take the one, soon yeah. as you take the one. it. and I think that's one of the things that I that people are are really don't understand that I mean this is this is this is kind of Hitler-like moves, man. It really is. You, you start you start a registry and then you take all the guns away. And pretty soon we're going to start putting people who are we deem as dangerous and or uh, what's the word? What is the word they use? Uh, all domestic terrorists, domestic yeah. terrorists. You put them in ghettos and essentially you try to exterminate them. That's essentially what Hitler did with the Jewish nation. You know, so yeah. it's it's very very scary, and uh, I'm not a big fan of it at all. No. Not yeah, all. You, you you take the books, you know, which which we,
0: we saw them trying that with the uh, the the Dr. Seuss and then how oh. to, to kill to kill a mockingbird yeah you, right. you, take, you take the guns you take the cigars then you take the alcohol then um, you know it's just what, what what's next once they once they get there you know they, they know that they take this one and we don't put up too much of a fight they're gonna take another thing
1: and that's why it's important to stand on on everything if you I mean th- I don't I'm not a big believer in standing on every hill but at this point with the government coming in and trying to regulate so much. Um, I do believe in standing on every hill that I possibly can. If, if not, I know I'm on YouTube's radar. I know I'm on the FDA's radar. I know I'm on everybody's radar to try to get me regulated or try to do something like that. I just think it's, it's happening. Now, Now I'll, I'll say this, and I think this is just good business. Can you hear me okay? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> so I will say this, that I do think that uh, what cigar makers are going to have to do and what cigar retailers are going to have to do are be omni-channel you know, and not just have one product. So there's a couple guys around here. That's something that we're looking at right now. We have uh, uh, splinter businesses coming out of Zeal Cigars um, that uh, will be uh, men's products, things like that, uh, which will be cigar related, if you would, but not regulated. Um, yeah. And so we'll see that happening. Um, you'll see more and more guys. I mean, this guy's up there that have more degrees than Fahrenheit and way smarter than I am. Uh, and so they'll start. They'll talk to. They all have friends, and they'll. So I'm probably friends like me, and they'll go, hey, you know what? What do you think about doing this with your business? So I got really good buddies who were just like, hey, you got a really good idea for this. Let's do this together. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea, you know, especially with all the regulations coming down. So uh, I think it's going to take a few years, to be honest with you, still. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you uh, – I, I don't think it's going to be a panic buy. I don't. And, yeah, you no. Know, and Drew Estates raised their prices again. It, it, and not not to mention that, but you saw the FDA thing. Uh, with the uh, taxes at, the, at, at the, the extra taxes versus yeah. pound versus size, uh, that's going to be another thing, dude. Your cigars, I mean, uh, you know, uh, let's go to uh, AJ Fernandez's last call, which is roughly $5. The, the, the uh, small Robusto, or they call it the Corona. Yeah. They call it something like a Genisalli, something like that. Um, they, uh, that cigar is like 5 bucks almost everywhere uh, outside California. Um, and that could go up as, as much as 8 to $10. You know, with those taxes. So, I mean, that's another thing. So, they're trying to tax you to death, trying to regulate you to death. We just want to get back to good old freedom, to be honest. That, with that's you. it. We, we were. I was on a Carviajante uh Care
0: VSR uh, uh, cigar fam. He's in the uh, the chat panel with us tonight. I was on his show uh, last mm-hmm. Thursday with a uh, uh, um, Dez uh, Hammond uh, the, uh, from the Cigar Cabin mm-hmm. over in the UK, and he was smoking a quorum. So you know, a quorum is like a two dollar, two dollar and fifteen cents, two cents cigar. Yeah. I, I want to say he told us like uh, uh, the equivalent. He paid 12 bucks for it. Oh, wow. Where was he from? Uh, uh, England. Oh, my goodness. So he, he paid oh, like 12 bucks for a quorum.
1: So so I don't know. I mean, what well, you got to pay 50 bucks for good tobacco? I mean, what is going to happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean just great. Just, just absolutely crazy. But speaking of
0: good tobacco and speaking of flavored tobacco, I am smoking one of your. This this must be a flavored cigar because this is the cocoa chemist. This it is, is not
1: flavored. It is it is
0: flavored. Stop no, lying. I swear to you, dude. I no, no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm just. I I know it's not
1: flavored. On mom,
0: on mom, on mom's tree. I promise this, you.
1: How how did they do this? You know, some 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 tobacco guys are so good at blending something and then letting it age to perfection, and that's what this manufacturer did. They 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 let it age very very well. And it does have that. Co- I mean, I, I, Kevin, I got chocolate cupcake all day off that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's very good. I, I think that's one that's one of the directions I think the industry is definitely going is to get cigars that really produce this flavor, but they don't, they have great flavor notes, but they're not flavored cigars, yeah. you know, because they know the regulations. So that, i.e., we have, we have the primordial, which I say tastes like cookie dough. Uh, yeah. Now, not everybody will pull cookie dough out of that, and, and I don't expect everyone to, but a lot of guys will. A lot of guys will be like, if, if, if not, they'll go, that's a great it's a really good Connecticut really sweet they'll, they'll, they'll say things like uh, brown sugar buttercream yeah. stuff that's in cookie dough you know stuff okay. like that so um, it's very very good but I love that cigar I mean that, that cigar Kevin we sold 7,000 in like five hours Se- 7 thousand cigars it, it was it was crazy it was just uh, it may be uh, I'm sorry let me make sure I get it right I'm getting the numbers right five th- seven hours. Five thousand and seven hours. Sorry. Get sorry out of God, you <laughs> magnificent yeah, bastard! Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. it, you know, I, I and the, I think it's not just the branding; it's actually having a good quality product. Um, but when you're surprised by a product, and then you know you're on your you're on your you know YouTube, and you're you're smoking it, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is really good!" And uh, I was literally um, just astounded by the taste. And I kept asking, I, I kept asking Justin. I'm like, so we got to call this something. We got, we're not sure what we're going to call this. And uh, oh wow, twelve bucks in Canada. Yeah. God bless you guys, man. Um, the uh, he was like, has well, got, it's like, it's like, you know, it's not a chemical taste, but I'm, I'm like chemist. I like the case. I'm like cocoa something. He's like cocoa chemist. So Justin actually named it. Yeah. Justin was like Coco chemist. So I'm like, I got the perfect brand for it. Got this brand down, and and uh, it just looks really cool, and it and it really does. Tastes very good. It's not super. I mean, I'd say a, believer, a beginner could smoke it, you know. Oh, oh without without a doubt, it's got yeah. some spice on there, but I'm not mm-hmm. getting like
0: any indication that this is going to become a, a full bodied cigar. It just, I think it's just going to be a good medium cigar throughout. Right, right, um, right. Got a, a, a little spice, not much at all, mm-hmm. um, but super smooth. Um, what is that like? I want to say Mexican San Andreas on that, you know, because it's no. super. No, or it's it's a it's a Habano Maduro. Is it man, it's just so toothy. How did I, don't know. I don't know. You just you just don't see that
1: on a Habano cigar. It's like a fifty
0: grit sandpaper.
1: I know. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things that, you know, is when you're when you're smoking it and you're just really enjoying it, it's 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 just a great, you know, really enjoyable cigar, you know, quite frankly. Yeah, what what do you what are you smoking tonight? Uh, I'm smoking the diesel sherry cask. Okay, someone we'll just asked if you're smoking your, the diesel uh yeah, <laughs> I just was, I was reviewing it earlier and I I liked it so much. I, I lit it up again and um, really did enjoy this. I, I, I just, I didn't drop the review yet, but um, I just uh, really do like it. I like the sherry. I mean, I, I have sherry once in a while with my cigars. And so I like the sherry, just the sweetness sometimes that offsets a pepper on a okay. cigar. I got nothing I'm drinking tonight but water. But um, I just, and, and this is one of those cigars that, you know, I, I don't know if it's a broadleaf. I, I want to say it probably is. Um, or it's just a really, really kind of, like you said, toothy Maduro, very, very good. Um, but anyways, you know, all that said, it's, uh, it's a very, very, very good cigar. Uh, we changed our hours and customers are outside asking why they can't come in because we're five minutes before we close. Yeah, So So that's going to be fun to deal with. Uh, anyways,
0: so we got, so, so we got the, the New Testament uh, theologist just waiting for Bradley to talk some so, so, do you know do you know these cats?
1: Yeah, I think that's I think it's my buddy Nick. Yeah, okay. Nick's, a beard. yeah Nick's a he's a he's a pastor um, somewhere. He's a really good guy. Um, and that's that's something that, that uh, somebody actually sent me a shirt and they made it custom. I'll, I'll put on the I wear it on the next uh, review. I think it says uh, all I want to do is smoke a cigar with Jesus. So, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would uh, what what would what would if Je- what would Jesus smoke? What do you what do you think? What do you what do you think he Jesus would smoke for a cigar? I'd be a Jerusalem wrapper. Um, yeah. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a you know I don't I don't know I've heard tobacco. What I've heard is tobacco is like growing tobacco is like gr- growing crabgrass or weed. It grows everywhere. Yeah. It grows anywhere. You know. Yeah. And so I'd be interested to see like a you know a Middle Eastern tobacco. Uh, which would be kind of interesting to see what that would be like in a cigar. But I've tried Doka. Have you heard of Doka before? Yeah, I've, I've got
0: I got some uh, and I got the pipe and uh, it almost killed me. I almost Did those not... guys sent it to you.
1: Send oh guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way, dude. Can't do it. I, I said like I mean you know we're in jail for YouTube on one of our channels. I don't know if I'm gonna get to it. But when I smoked it, dude, I was like, this is not a cigar, guys. No. no, this is not a. And, and, yeah, and those and
0: those kids in the Middle East are hooked on it. They yeah, are- dude. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean they're 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 smoking like those pipes. They're smoking up to a dozen a day, if not more. Oh, they, oh, they are absolutely. And you inhale that. I mean, yeah. you inhale it, and mm-hmm. it was it was too strong for me.
1: So, Doca? absolutely, um, yeah. So Justin, hold on. Justin, some, some doka. Justin, come here, bro. Come here. Tell him what. Je- listen to what Justin thought about doka. Hold on, hold come on. A bowl of it right now. No, don't do it right now. Don't, it smells <laughs> so bad. No, 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 no. Here, come and tell me what you thought about doka. Uh, it was
0: like smoking a sativa.
1: Yeah, see, okay. he thought I was like smoking weed, bro.
0: Like I was surprised that there's not any in it.
1: Wow. Yeah, it oh, was a uh,
0: uh, I, right I, the face. J- Jessica and I did we did like part one of a review on it, and we never posted it. Yeah, it it hurt my lungs so bad.
1: It um, it was not pleasurable. I told it, yeah, I took a, I took a hit of it. I was, it was like, like
0: <laughs> in his chair. I don't like this. I don't like it. Yeah,
1: immediately. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I wish I knew
1: where it was so
0: I could show people. It's yeah. it's around here somewhere. You guys can look
1: it up on Google. People, I'm sure there's yeah. news all over and got a bunch of Middle East guys doing it. So but it's it's not it's not uh, it's not pleasurable. It's not it's not like cigars, you don't taste much, and the, the head buzz is just it 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 hurt my head, you know, so I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Mm. So
0: so let's let's get into our first topic for tonight. So like I said before the show. I don't tell Bradley what we're going to talk about. That's you know, for not, sure. That's yeah, for sure. yeah. So uh, I want to show you a picture. Of, no, I'm just joking. Uh, have, <laughs> how you I, come up with these pictures and what you do is just beyond me, bro. I'm I, like, I, I don't, don't, I don't, have, I don't have anything tonight. No, okay. no, uh, no surprises, no bombs for you tonight. But okay. One thing that uh, in 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 my Google searching and uh, in, uh, in okay. and in, uh TikTok I I have found um so. Over the last few years, and I want to get your opinion, um, a lot of Christian music artists uh, such as Marty Sampson, Lecraig, uh, Gungor, Jeremiah Givens have given up or renounced their faith. Just last year, John Steingard, uh, lead singer of the Canadian Christian rock band Hawk Nelson, left the band and left Christianity citing many reasons... But there's one thing he questioned, and that's one thing that that I question a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he he said um, his question was, "Why does God seem so pissed off in most of the Old Testament, and then all of a sudden he's a loving father in the in the New Testament? Um, so why is that? And then why are these? What is it? Is it like the 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 cool thing to do is to give up Christianity now?
1: Uh, you what always. You always give me the easy softball questions, don't you? You just want to lob, lob them over the plate so I can knock them out of. The- is that is that an easy one? No, it's not. it's sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I know. So let me just say this as a precursor to answering any of these questions. First, I am just a man. I do have I do have Bible college experience, a little bit of seminary, enough to be dangerous. Um, and uh, I am a committed Christian. I go to Trinity Church over in Scottsdale. Uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll, if you guys know about that guy. Um, so, <clears throat> and uh, I love Jesus and an unashamed Christian. I'll just say that real quick for, the, for, the, for Mark. Um, but with that said, um, I'll, I'll say this. I think when anybody, quote-unquote, leads the faith or, or something like that or has a has, has – first, I think there's a big difference between skepticism and doubt. And I think the Bible makes a big difference between skepticism and doubt. Um, everybody who is a skeptic of something – um a lot of times the the, the skeptics are I'll, I'll put skepticism into in three categories for you. The first type of, of, of skeptic is the person who just doesn't have enough information, right? It's like they don't yeah. have enough information yet. And so they're just trying to figure out the information. And you know, we live in a we live in a post-Christian culture now. Uh America's no longer a Christian, you know, nation or anything else like that. And we're founded maybe by Christians. And not all of them are Christians, some were deists, you know, and that's a whole different Categories. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, it was Thomas Jefferson that sat in his office and literally cut out parts of the Bible he didn't want. You know, um, if it's Thomas I think it was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, so make no mistake, not all of our founding fathers were all Christian. Um, <clears throat> so w- with that said, I think the very first level of doubt is just skepticism. I need information. And so, but when somebody gives you that information that you're looking for, uh, for example, I've had guys come to me and say, well, you know, I have questions about the Bible, I have questions about this, so on and so forth, because I used to be a pastor, I was a pastor for about 20 years. Um, and, and this was one of my areas of, I'm not gonna say expertise, but, um, uh, strengths was, uh, what they call Christian apologetics was giving people rational answers for the doubts or skepticism they have about the Bible, about Christian faith and what have you. So, um, some classically educated in that kind of stuff, but I'll do my best to answer your questions from a normal, you know, blue collar everyday point of view. Um, so the, the information, if, if if somebody gives you all the information that you're, you're needing about God, um, then there should be a move in your heart and or in your mindset to go, okay, that's rational. That, that's something. So what I typically ask people when they're asking, they're in, this, they're in the first seat of skepticism, is um, if I gave you the information that, you, that you're interested in about God, the Bible, and what have you, would you then consider the claims of the Bible or about Jesus Christ to be authentically true for your own life? Well, people who say no automatically, I just dismiss because there's no reason to argue or talk to them because they don't care anyways. They're just trying to get your goat, right? They're just trying to, you know, for skeptic, the easiest chair to sit in is the first chair. Say, there's so many things, but I'm just going to tell you, the Bible has been the number one seller for a reason. And for the last 2,000 something years, people have been trying to disassemble it, doubt it, discredit it, and you still can't. Um, And people still haven't. So... Uh, with, with with that said, there's a second chair, and the second chair of doubt often comes with relational relationship pain, or pain from the church, or pain from a religious community and or religious icon. Um, oh, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Cigar Show, Tim. Yeah, exactly. Um, they blame God when you get to the core of the reasoning. I, I agree 100%, Tim. Um, so they've had people um, uh, hurt them, or they had a pastor disappoint them, or... Uh, the worst part about this is they had a pastor who was like a celebrity, like this guy, like the Carl Lentz or, um, any of these other celebrity pastors, you know, um, Creflo Dollar or any of these guys who are out there that are millions and millions of, uh, of dollars, I guess, flow through their accounts or what have you. Um, and then they fall because they're human, right? Or they do something stupid because they're human. Um, and there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot more accountability. It should be a lot more accountability for someone who claims uh, to be a pastor or is a pastor of a church. Um, but, uh, there, then they feel disappointed. They feel, um, hurt and then they blame God for that. If you would, there, there's that. Um, so that's the second chair, if you would. So those two chairs, I think everybody can agree. Like everyone's been in those two chairs before of, of skepticism or doubt. You know, I've, I've, I've been hurt by pastors. I've been hurt by Christians. And the one thing that I think people forget is that um, Christians are still people. I mean, they're still, they're still regular people. You know, yeah. um, you catch me on a bad day. I'm not have to be nice, you know? <laughs> and so and you, you just do. I mean, I, I had a bad day a couple of weeks ago. It was a real bad day. A guy comes in and goes, I couldn't wait to sit down and talk with you. I'm like, well, you're not doing that today. I'm not in a talking mood. He's like, yeah. oh, "What?" I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not, man. You need to give me my space. He's like, oh goodness, <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Dude, I just, I just need to be alone today, you know. So, um, the third chair, I think, is where some people get, and that's the uncomfortable chair. And that is, you're being a skeptic just for skeptic's sake. Like, no yeah. matter what reasoning there is, no matter what proof is there, no matter what happens, you're just going to be a skeptic, no matter what. And, you know, and that's and, not just in the church. That's in <clears throat> that's everything. Every- in everything. Yeah, that, that, that's in everything. A guy can you could say I have, you know, I have koi fish in a koi pond at home. They go, Whoa, I want to see the koi fish. I'm like, yeah, okay, dude, I, I really do though. And not that I actually do, but if you did, you know, you have koi fish. I don't know why you'd lie about something like that, but this is the kind of person who thinks everybody's a liar. Everybody's out for them. And, and they obviously have some relational pain from the first two chairs somewhere, somewhere, you know? um, But one of the questions that you mentioned was that God in the old Testament seemed like he was really angry. And then God, in the new Testament Seems like he, he chilled, you know, a little bit. If you would, he came in form of Jesus. Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, if you actually read, and most of the Bible is the Old Testament, and you have sixty-six books there, and then twenty-nine in the New Testament, so I don't know, sixty-six books. You have, I can't do the math right now. What's twenty-nine minus sixty? How many books are in the Old Testament? I think it's twenty-nine in the New Testament, anyways. But you have more new, more, more Old Testament there. So with more of something, you're going to have more of something, anyways, right? Okay. And so that, that's that's the first thing. Second is um, you're also um, you got to understand that God had a purpose in the Old Testament for what he was going to eventually do in the New Testament. And the very, <clears throat> the very last verse of the Old Testament was God promising to come himself in the New Testament. That's why when Jesus Christ came and he claimed he was God, people had been waiting for that because there was 500 years of actual silence. And that's what we call during the Maccabean Wars, uh, during the, the, the time of the Maccabees, a uh, time in Jewish history where um there are false messiahs that came out like crazy um so <clears throat> but in the old testament there's a lot of grace god gave there was a lot of people who deserve to be and he didn't and and i mean according to his own, own law god god showed grace there's at the one point that um i can't remember it right and probably nick if he's still listening uh because he's a pastor he's current in these things right now i like i said i i'm a, I'm a dedicated christian so i do read my bible I don't study it as much as I used to. I'm not preparing sermons, and so I'm not educating myself like I used to. So I'm a little rusty on some of these things. <laughs> so people come in and they start asking me questions about uh, things. I'm like, well, give me a second. Let me go look this up in my old notes. Um, <clears throat> so every time I come on with you, I'm always like, I should just have my notes right here pulled <laughs> up. And yeah, you know, um, I would say that uh, there's several times that when 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 God gives breaks even to His people. Um, you know, in, in Christian theology. And this is the thing you have to understand, like when I say these things, I'm a man of conviction and a man of faith. So I can't help but to answer from what I believe. So yeah. when, when when someone says something, and I, I know you're very gracious with me, Kevin, I appreciate that. But there's guys that are just like, well, I can't believe you believe that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I, I love God. And I believe what the Bible says. Well, I can't believe you believe that ancient crap. I'm like, well, have you ever looked up have you ever looked up the validity of the scripture? Well, no, I just don't like it. I'm like, well, okay. Well, that, that, that same guy believes in Bigfoot. So, All right, 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 right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait a second, wait yeah. a second, we're going to get it out later because I got a Bigfoot story for you. Anyways, um, so long story short, um, I think God did demonstrate himself very gracious in the Old Testament, and everything in the Old Testament was always foreshadowing um, Jesus for the New Testament where God was going to come to his people and did come humble, did come very meek, did come very generous. Um, <clears throat> Jesus was called a man of sorrows, meaning that, you know, he was very humble and uh, they crucified him and they killed him and everything else like that. And uh, even on the cross, as Jesus is being crucified, he says, forgive them father. They don't know what they're doing. You know? So like a, when you think of God, and I think it's really hard in our day and age um, because Often, when people think about God, they think about their father, or they think about you know the lack of, of a good father in our in our in our society. Kevin, I've not made any, any qualms about this. We've talked about this all the time. I think the answer for society's problems uh, is not the government. I think it's Jesus and good dads, you know, and good husbands. I really do. Um, <clears throat> and so, but when you have bad dads in a bad dad culture or men who are you know who are basically little boys, and they're they're forty something years old, and they're still, you know, getting drunk, nailing chicks, and picking fights, and they think that's the measure of a man. Um, You've got a lot of things screwed up in the culture, you know. At that point, um, that's Nick. That's good. Nick's a good guy. Um, so, in that regard, I would say I think that's what that's what happens with these other guys. Um, sometimes it could just be the prodigal son, man. Some guys it can just be the prodigal son. Remember, there are two sons, and if you ask the you know the story about the prodigal son, story? yeah. So everyone thinks about the younger one being the lost one, but you don't hear the story about the older one. So the the story, I'll catch you up on the story real quick. There's a father who has two sons. One's a young one, one's an older brother. And in that day and age, when the father died, the inheritance was split, but three-fourths of the inheritance went to the older brother, and the younger brother got a quarter of the inheritance. So at one point, the younger brother comes to his dad and says, I want my inheritance now. And so the father doesn't, doesn't fight with him. He's like, okay, here's your inheritance, and the younger brother goes off and just basically has a Vegas party. He goes to Vegas and goes nuts, right? And he loses everything on a big hand in poker, like I did the other night. So yeah. that's essentially what ends up happening. And uh, so, and at, at one point, he's eating with you know w- with with pigs. You know, in a Jewish culture, the pigs are the most unclean animal there, yeah. and he's eating with them. And so he thinks he comes to as a point. He comes to a senses, He goes back. And as he's going back to his home, his father is out looking for him. When his father actually sees him, his father runs to him with this big, huge coat, Okay, puts it on his son, like any dad missing a son, looking for his lost son would do, puts a ring on his finger and celebrates as a big party. Then the older brother is out in the field, still doing his job, still faithful to the family, taking care of the family farm, and a servant comes to the older brother and says, is, or his older brother, as he comes closer to the house, he hears the party. He's like, what's going on? He says, your younger brother's come home and your dad's on a party and the older brother is pissed. He's like, I've been here. I've been faithful. I've been doing this. And you know what? Where's my party? Didn't give me anything for my friends. Didn't do anything else like that. And so, what you see is the father say literally to the older son, look, everything I have is yours. And in that culture, that literally what happened. So, If he gave his younger son the inheritance, he would have gave his older son three-quarters of inheritance and then lived with his older son. That's probably what was happening at the time and the culture. So what ends up happening is there's two types of people. There's the rebels and there's the religious, right? Both are lost. Both need Jesus. And one just looks a little cleaner than the other, but they're both lost. One's a proud, arrogant jerk, Okay. That's where a lot of religious people fall into, and one just to rebellious. I mean, ask yourself, which one are you? I'm more the rebel kid. I'm more like, give me my money, let's go party. That's me, right? Okay, but no, so- no, I, I, I was the the toed the line. Digital, really? my parents, okay. Yo,
0: that, that was like the, um, I think on uh, like the second time Jessica had ever met my 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 parents, and she kind of pulled my dad off to the side and goes, tell tell, because I I am straight laced as they come, and uh, she goes, tell me about the real Kevin. Tell me about uh, you know, him being a kid, and my dad goes. He was perfect. He never got in trouble. He never got disciplined. He
1: was always good in school. And she's like, son of a bitch. You know? And uh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. No, I was I was definitely a younger one. I was the one making picking fights and everything I could. And the, the issue is that once one's found and one's lost, the issue is both are lost and the father is pursuing them both and he's giving them both graces. So what you see happen in the Old Testament is you see God literally. Um, giving grace and that mean, this means unmerited favor uh, to his people and the people who are even his people. He gives them grace continually. And so, and when Jesus shows up in the New Testament, it makes sense of both Testaments at that point um, by all the things that he calls to fulfillment. So, when Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it, and he does those things, it makes full on sense of everything. So, um, but so I, I, so when people say that God was really angry in the Old Testament and he chilled out in the, in the, uh, in the new new testament that's not necessarily true you're just focusing on on things that uh god did for a purpose and for a time because he's god i mean there's just there's certain things that god does because he's god there's certain rules god lays out it's like a it's like when my son was uh my son's two years old, right? By the way, if you don't believe in the concept of original sin, you don't have kids, okay? So yeah. <laughs> you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. Am I wrong, right? It's all the single guys. It's all the single guys. Like, I don't know about the concept of original sin. I'm like, you're not a parent. Shut up, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving so, along, sir. Yeah, so when my son was two years old, we had a big fireplace in our in our house, and I told him, don't crawl on the fireplace and don't jump off. But it was really high off the ground to him when he's two years old, right? He yeah, like, yeah. Maybe a foot tall. And, uh, and then... I took him off and said, Don't do that because you're going to hurt yourself. But what did he do? He crawled right back up and he jumped off and busted his head. And I'm like, See, now here's the question. As a good dad, what do I do? Do I just sit there and go, Hmm, I told you, boy. <laughs> now you roll with the consequences. No, I scoop him up. I hold him. I coddle him and everything else. That's essentially what God does to us. And, w- and yet we think, we think that God's just up there going, Hmm. So you got yourself into this mess. Now you got to bootstrap <laughs> it. That's not what God does. God is so gracious to all of us. We're just breathing. We got we have grace, you know. So so so
0: so why so um 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 why the Exodus from uh from all the Christian music is is that it just because I think they, it's uh, you know, look, look look in some some of these a lot of these or all of the ones that have left all come from very religious households with either one or both yes. parents being pastors. Is that yeah. maybe at one point
1: you know because a lot of these. These kids are in their early twenties, and they're like, "I got to right get it. out." Well, I think I think it's I think it's twofold. One, I think there's an unhealthy um, adoration of celebrity in our day and age. I mean, everybody wants to be a celebrity. Everybody wants to. Everybody's on TikTok. Everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's on this, and so everyone's liking you. And so what that does for people is that drives this this you know false sense of ego up continually to where they think that they have the right now to be worshipped as almost a god. You know, to where? Well, if you didn't like my video, do you like me? I don't care if you like my videos or not. If you don't give me a thumbs up, do you do you not do not approve of me? Do you know, yeah. I mean, it's like like I care. You know, so like normal people who have a rational thought before the internet ever came about, who were born and raised in the eighties, best generation ever. Anyway, yeah. uh, we we remember before all the likes were there, before the cell phones were there, and everything else like that. When you found out where everybody was in the neighborhood by the number of bikes that were in their yard, you know. Yeah. So, so I, I mean. But in today's in today's society, these guys are worshipped. I mean, they have, they have kids writing them continually about how their songs impacted them, and uh, it just feels dead when they don't get that attention sometimes. So that could be part of the problem. I think the other problem is, yeah, there's an unrealistic, uh, for anybody who's clergy or anyone who is in a Christian celebrity, uh, let's say, um, position, right, artist, major pastor. Uh, well, I think it may be more than Brad. I think there's an existential foundation here that gets overemphasized in the church culture. Okay, yeah, that, that could be that could be true. Uh, Nick's super smart guy too. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, did you try the cocoa? Yes, you
0: yeah.
1: did. Yeah, is it good? It is great. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this, this isn't about cigars. It's about theology you gotta, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just playing. Um, but the, uh, the 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 big issue I think is when When you're held to an unrealistic standard as a human being that you can do no wrong, that you are no wrong, then you start having, you start expecting that of yourself. So when you fall or you sin or something goes wrong or you have a really bad day, well, you have an unrealistic expectation about how you should get over that. And you actually become your own self soothing God where you're sitting there going, well, I did this, so I got to do better next time. And then you get in this weird thought process to where God doesn't love me unless I do stuff for him. That's not how God works. That's how religion works. Religion okay. works on if I obey God, then he loves me. That's religion. What the gospel of Jesus Christ is, God loves you. Now you have the freedom to obey. That's the joy of Christianity. The, the joy of Christianity is I get to go to church. That's that's the joy. I get to read the Bible. I get to have a relationship with God. Not that I have to. God's not sitting here forcing my hand in any way, shape, and form, okay, but it's that I, I get to, and so when you realize that, there's a big change from have to to get to. But the religious folks are like, "Well, we have to. We've been to church so long. We got to keep doing it. We got to make our feel." So now, here's the thing: you got to ask yourself, when those guys screw up. So I know who all the guys you're talking about. I listen to them all and everything else like that. They're still friends. They're still good people. They're still people that, that have made an impact on culture and everything else like that. Um, does that mean they're not worthy? Of grace, does that mean they're not worthy of of God's love because they have doubts or they have skepticism and things? Um, I would say no, that's not that's not the case. Now, here's the hard part of celebrity, because we live in America, and, it, and then we're talking about Christian celebrities. Um, they're held to a higher standard. They just are. They got more people watching them. You know, so with if you don't want that, then don't go on YouTube, don't get a cigar channel, don't review anything, don't give your opinion, get off social media, and everything else like that. If you don't want people, you don't want trolls, you don't want hate, you don't want anything like that, you should get off right now, because that's just where people are. You know, there's people who just have whole accounts that exist for trolling, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the, 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 that's true. And then you know, and then you, you talk about people that
0: live off the uh, uh, the or feed off the likes and the followers and the mm-hmm. subscriber count. I remember um uh, last year, like mid last year, uh, Instagram did a beta test over in Europe, uh, and they tried it here on a very small scale, and people were in an uproar. Um, they got rid of the uh, the likes on on photos, so mm-hmm. you could still like it, but you couldn't see the numbers. Now, like I could, now I could go because my, if I posted my picture, you know, like in my, you know, on my version of Instagram, ours, what we see, I could still see how many likes I got on a photo, but the general population couldn't, they were hidden. People were pissed. You Mm. know, it's like, I, I want people to know how much I'm being liked. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is self-righteous. That is
1: conceited. It's dangerous." dangerous. It, 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 it is releases, dangerous they've done, they've done studies where it releases an opioid in your in your brain that's very similar to heroin even you know to where I have all these likes and I feel good about something and and everything else so um it can be very dangerous man it really can so if you're addicted to social media man and you're addicted to the likes and everything and just doing it for the likes and doing everything I mean really check yourself on that because you're you're worth more than a virtual like. You're worth yeah. more than than. I mean, this is all just shell games, you know. You, you are. Um, I'd make that private in a heartbeat. If that was given yeah. an option right. in right. a heartbeat, I would right.
0: get rid of that. Right. Not right. even. You know, just yeah. I mean, I, I have it. I can show my sponsors, advertisers. Hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. Give me the option of getting rid of
1: that. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's becoming and it's, more of a progressive problem. It really it, is. Yeah. we young young people are living for the likes. They're doing everything they can. For the likes and views and what have you, like that. And, and I, I'll say this: like, I'm not against social media. I, I am against being addicted to it, and/or finding your your identity in it. Meaning your value and worth. You know, your your value and worth should be found in something. In, in my personal opinion, what I think is, is is a relationship with God. Not in if when when it's found in social media. That's so like every other day. That could it could change in a whim. I mean, you could change, like, you say something stupid and you'll get hate like crazy. I posted up something the other day uh, on Twitter um, that uh, Topher Topher did something. The the rap artist Topher created a song about LeBron James, um, and I thought it was good, so I just posted and told LeBron James, I got mad hate over that, a mad hate. I don't care if LeBron James likes me. I don't care if anybody likes me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? Uh, but, but the reality was, you know, if you're going to be on social media, man, you just cannot worry about if people like you or not. But you got to have a voice and you want to be able to share your opinion and share uh, your perspective on different things. And if you're like me, you want to be able to, you know, encourage people and make a positive impact. That's, and honestly, that's how I judge. I, so before you get into business, you should always ask yourself, what is your measure of success? My measure of success yeah. can I impact people in a positive way by when they're done? Having, having time with me or smoking my cigars or having an experience with my business, they walk out feeling better than they did before and feeling more positively encouraged than they did before. That's what I want more than anything. That's my general mission statement impact for Zeal Cigars.
0: And and that's what you know, that's what I love about uh, uh Limac, our 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 brother Limac. You know, that's it that's his that's, I love that's, 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 that's his mission statement if, if you if you feel a little bit better, you know, after yeah. after I leaving. You him. know, it's um and for me and Jessica, it's uh, on our like if we just made you smile, if you just yeah. gotta if you just gotta laugh. Because sometimes, you know, um uh, and that's all I sometimes that's all I needed in a day was just you're having a bad day. And someone just makes you laugh. You know, it's it's. I always say it's the same thing on a golf course. I can mm. shoot seventeen miserable holes, and mm. then you on the eighteenth hole, you shoot just that one shot, that one yeah. shot, and then you take yeah. it all in. And you're like, yes, this is a good day. You know. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just need a laugh. Sometimes right. you need someone to make you smile. So that's absolutely, that, man. That, that, that's all we're we're about. I was, so.
1: Lee. Lee called me the. I call him Uncle Lee. He's in my yeah. phone as Uncle Lee uh uncle Lee called me the other day for something i forget what it was and he was just like how you doing man i'm just calling to see how you're doing i'm like i'm good man i'm very good i appreciate you telling me what's going on and uh he's just like i just i just love you brother just want to talk to you see how you're doing i'm like man that's just that's that's uncle Lee Mac, right that's what he does that's his thing man that's that, that,
0: that that's what he does so uh, <laughs> so so we're, we're gonna move on to the next topic here i'm gonna read you off some names Okay. I just want you. I want you to respond with just one or two words. That's oh, it.
1: Geez. Now,
0: after so there's only five names. Afterwards, you can go back and elaborate if you want. But I'm just going to read them off, and you give me one or two words. One or two words. That is it. Because you, tu- you touched on Kevin, this. Li- Kevin, what? You, you, you touched on this a little bit already. Oh, so man. so let us go. So so the the first name Kenneth Copeland.
1: That's <laughs> all so I'm gonna say. Okay, I, he blow, blow Corona. He blew
0: Corona away. <laughs> yeah, so I, I will. I will accept that as an answer. Uh, next one, okay. Joel
1: Osteen. Uh, money hungry. Pat Robertson. Mm. M- misunderstood. Old. <laughs> okay, okay. Bi- Bi- Billy Graham. Oh, Billy Graham. Uh great man. Great okay, man. That, that
0: that that's my parents' idol. My parents, if I, great I, I great can't man. even be talking bad about, about the Billy Graham, they well, find great out. Great uh, I'm gonna They're going to take three quarters of my inheritance
1: away from me, so I can't say nothing And Joyce Joyce Meyer. Uh, I don't know Joyce Meyer much. I really don't know much about her. I've seen her. She, she. Uh, I, I've seen her a few times, like preacher or something like that. Um, I don't know much about her or anything. I couldn't. I couldn't speak to her because I've seen her preach a few times. She seems like a genuinely nice, awesome, awesome person. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know much about Joyce Meyer. Okay, so, so we got the, uh, the
0: New Testament theologian Nick here, uh, mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland, bad hairline. <laughs> um, uh, Joe Austin, uh, decent hairline. Pat Robertson, too much forehead. <laughs> Billy Graham, Grandpa, Grandpa. Uh, so uh, uh, he didn't he didn't give us one for uh, uh, Joyce Meyer.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, so so yeah, so yes. Um, um, yeah. Um, um, what does the average? Because I don't get a chance to talk to any like the average Christian community pastors like yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about these these mega pastors and these mega churches accumulating so much wealth? So okay, so we got okay. We are got Joyce Meyer.
1: Women can preach, but she shouldn't. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Nick is great. I love Nick. Um, Nick Nick's probably one of my favorite. I, I I actually was in the shop the other day on Saturday. I had, a, I had to work. I work like one Saturday a month, and uh, I I Facetime Nick just to talk to him a little bit about a new cigar guy coming out. And uh, he's such a dear brother. I I love Nick to death, man. Nick and Trevor, his counterparts, Trevor. Uh, Stew, Stewie, Stewie Cigar Reviews. Uh, anyways, so, um, what do we think about them? I, I mean, I could just, I could say that um, you talk about mega church. So, so here's what you got. Last time I checked, and my, my stats might be way off. The average church attendance was average church was less than 100 people. So, what would cluster? Cl- when we talk about megachurch, let's talk about like more than a thousand people, right? Okay, that, that, that's that's what I would gauge a megachurch too. So, our church let's talk about Trinity real quick. Our church over in um, Scottsdale, during COVID in particular, it grew from like I'd say it's maybe a seven hundred to a thousand to like three thousand, like overnight. I mean, just it just grew and blew up and everything like that, and. um our, our, our pastor was, you know, at one point a, a big megachurch pastor and so on and so forth. So um, I don't know about their salaries. I don't know what they, what they pay people or what have you. Um, I, I guess the question is I'm not concerned necessarily about the salaries as much as what they do with it, you know, as much as what they um, – or, or demand from it. I think – um, yeah, because you see the private jets, you see. Uh, yeah, that's a little. Um, that's a little. It's, it's, you know, Joel Joel, uh, Joel
0: Osteen lives in a ten point four million dollar home.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, well, so here's my question. Now, here's the thing: you and I would have no problem with him if, if he made that from oil, or if he did something like that from a business. Yeah.
0: I, I, was I, really I was I was I was gonna that that was I was gonna ask. I said, anybody else that that ma- that makes that, but it but it's the church. So is is he is he allowed to do that? You know, so, it's. Um,
1: Here's the question between a lot. That's a great question, actually. Are pastors allowed to have lavish, ex- extremely incredible things? Um, I, I would say, in a, in a nutshell, sure. If they're businessmen and they have other forms of income, some guys write books and and make a bunch of money off books and and what have you because of their their influence. Um, but the, yeah, the the whole the whole the whole you know G five thing with the pastors uh, that's kind of that's kind of extraordinary. You know, and, and most pastors would be like, you don't need to be that close to the Lord. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you got to get up in the heavens, right? Um, so I, 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 I'm I not comfortable with it. You know, I don't know that I would have, you know, not, now the, the tycoon billionaire that flies a private jet to come, you know, to, to go someplace and meet with somebody. we got a problem with him. He's made his money and he's doing good and stuff like that. Like I just had, I had Al McAuliffe on here from McAuliffe Cigars. You know, um, we just dropped the video like that on today. And uh, let me drive his Corvette and everything else. Like that was really great. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, man. Nobody's got a problem with him that money he has. He's a really good businessman. Did a great job. Met a need, and it was phenomenal. You know. So none of us have a problem with that. Um, But when it comes to being a pastor, you don't necessarily take a vow of poverty. But I think it's socioeconomical. And some some pastors, you know, when they live in these really really lavish, I guess you got to be willing to give an account. You should ask them, give an account for what you have. I mean, if they think. You know, and so I know many some of these mega church pastors. They have other businesses, they have other businesses done very well with, and you know they, they take a modest salary from the church, you know, and then they have all these other businesses. I there was a pastor in, in my hometown of Cincinnati that uh, had a uh, I think it was a two or three three or four million dollar house it was a really really nice house, and um, everyone everyone couldn't stand him. I was like, well, they have a horse farm, they raise racing yes. horses, and they sell those racing horses for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why not? I mean, that's, yeah. that's their business, you know. So, um, but usually when somebody is, is wealthy and they did it honestly and everything like that, um, they're not out there. They're not, they're trying to hide what they're doing. And some of these guys flaunt, flaunt it. You know, it kind of gets gets to me, you know. And that goes with what, you know, uh, your buddy said, you know, here, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Pastor, yeah, you should be cautious. Yeah, yeah. You should be cautious about wealth and, um, I make a lot more money than I did when I was a pastor. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. You know, I just do. Um, but I'll just say, you know, when I was a pastor, somebody somebody offered to give me their Porsche at one point. Uh, he felt convicted by God to give his Porsche to the church, and he wanted me to have it. And I said, no. <laughs> I couldn't ride around in a Porsche. I don't know if I could fit in a Porsche. <laughs> yeah, you. you, you well, uh,
0: we, were, we were just talking about you, Uncle Lee, Matt. So hey, Uncle
1: Definitely yeah, have to catch
0: dude. the uh, the replay. I'm surprised you bar- barely fit in that Corvette.
1: I know. You know that, I that, fit that, in there, that, dude. I got in there, man. I yeah. was working out a little bit, so I'm getting off that COVID fat. Uh, but it was yeah, it was it was a tight fit. But I mean, and it's, it's that that's that C8 is so Kevin. You've drove you've drove fast cars like I have. Yeah, you know things that end with Ari, okay, yeah. and Entleys and stuff like that. I'm just gonna say this C8 would take them all. This was wait, wait. the fastest car I've ever driven. Wait, wait, wait till the new one
0: comes out—the ZR1 with the uh, the Cadillac Black Wing in it—is oh. gonna is gonna leave this one in the dust. And then, I can then we're, and then we're only I think three years from the all electric version of the of the. Uh, the
1: oh C8. yeah, so I I'd still like to see the the C. I think I, I think two guys put it on there—the Tesla all wheel drive, uh, yeah. with, with like sick 800 horsepower, like yeah. You know, electric horsepower, whatever it is, uh, just killed the C the, the C eight. It know, it, it killed it
0: killed them from a stop. Okay, so a car not, and, a, not a rolling going ca, yeah, car right. and driver did it at thirty mile an hour, forty right. mile an hour, right. and fifty, and that Tesla had no chance. That yeah. that that Corvette annihilated the Tesla. It,
1: it's incredible, dude. It's 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 a for what it is. I mean, it, they did they did with this Corvette what they should have been doing the whole time. Yeah, you know they should have been doing that the whole time. So, uh, give me a second. I just our mail pickup is coming right now. And Kevin, talk about something else, and I'll be right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Oh, Literally. all right. two yeah. shakes of a lamb's tail. So, so in
0: case everybody knows, I lit up another cigar. I am uh, smoking another Coco Chemist uh, from Zeal Cigars. I don't know. We're gonna have to ask Brad about this when he comes back on. Um, let me just write that down here, the, um, uh, the Coco Chemist, that uh, I know they sold out quickly. I think it came back for a second run, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it sold out. Um, so uh, I'll be interested to see um, if this cigar is available because I think a lot of people um, uh, would, would like that. Um, let's see, um, uh, the, the model S in ludicrous mode is, is just not a natural okay. though and completely insane. So, um, uh, before, before we go, uh, the, I, I lit up another cocoa chemist cause it was so good. I, I had to have a second one. Is this cigar, is this cigar available? No, not right now. We got about three more weeks. Okay. So you do have more coming in. Yeah. They're going to be right. gone when they come in. All right. So we'll see that in the email. I'll try and remember to share that when I see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's three weeks, three weeks out right now. So so right on. So you had touched a little bit about um um uh your 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 church and during COVID. So it leads me to my next question. In 2020, many uh and, and especially in my area, local churches were forced to go to virtual worship services, mm-hmm. and many pastors had said that their uh I guess congregation increased exponentially. They they absolutely love it. Um do you, do you think that, that that could be ushering in a new era for churches? Do you think some are, you know, because some people say, you know, all these mega churches online, and then now they're, they're like, hey, you know, we got a lot more followers, you know, uh, a lot more. You know, so are some churches going to be going so down my, that
1: path? Oh, man. you just asking the most controversial things. <laughs> Any pastor, and all my buddies who are pastors are watching this, they're going to start rolling over like crazy on this one. So the question is: Is a virtual church still a church? That's the question. Is it, is it still a church, and what defines a church? Because um, a church isn't defined by four walls in a building. And yeah, it's not, it's not defined by you know. Um, it is isn't in the New Testament defined by a certain certain people. I mean, you have leadership and, and everything else like that. And um, but and I don't believe that you know where two or more are gathered, you know, that's a church. I mean. They, God is with them, and actually says that that's a reference. It's not a reference to the church in general. So, um, but I will say, um, yeah, with COVID, there's a lot more expansion. You know, there's, I think there's a lot more need uh, out there than uh, people previously saw. I mean, when you're going through a epi- you know a, a pandemic, um, all theology nerds are watching. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Hit the ball out of the park, Bradley. Um, the uh, so I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I, I do believe in the local church. I think that the most healthy way, statistically speaking, a guy from, I believe it was, uh, what, what university was it? Virginia University, um, who's, who's I don't, from, from my knowledge, is not a Christian, but was talking about what gives a family in America today the, uh, the opportunity to be the most successful nuclear family. And it was um, parents who are married, who read the Bible, who go to church um so and a dad is a good dad and a father you know so um and i'm butchering that stat i i i'll find it for you and i'll send it to you later on um so that doesn't mean if you're not doing that you're a bad parent don't hear what i'm not saying and people will naturally say that like oh you're a bad you're telling me i'm a bad parent because i don't do that It's not what i'm saying um but what i am saying is uh you see the, the need for uh people are seeing the need for and especially in the middle of a Make you think about life and death. I mean, if you're gonna get COVID, you have a chance of dying. You, yeah. to, you know, you have a chance of dying. So um, I got it at one point. Uh, my whole family did at one point. You know, um, wasn't that bad. You know, at, at, for us. But we know other people who died. You know, we have we have tier people in our lives that, that passed away um, from that. So uh, whenever you're looking at death, you're staring death in the in the uh, face you're thinking through like, well, hmm, let's, let's think through this. Let's, let's think about that. And that's where the church comes in and says, let's not just think about life here, but about life eternally and what that can look like. And I think that's one of the, the roles of the local church as well as comfort. When we have funerals, what well, my daughter got married in the middle of COVID, you know? So, <clears throat> so I think that's, that's part of it. Um, but the, the question is, is a virtual church still a church? I don't know. I don't think so, uh, because there's something about God's people being brought together, all singing and all worshiping, very much like watching the football game. Uh, or do you feel like you're still part? I mean, you're, there's something about being at the football game, and it, make no mistake, you're all worshiping. I mean, you're, you're worshiping a cardinal, and you know Mer- Fitzgerald catches the pass. What happens? Whee! Everyone goes crazy and everything else like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I yeah, that was that's a great
0: analogy because um, because I, I've gone to church with my parents and I always have you get into it. You know, you, you know you know my beliefs. Right. You, you get into it. You have fun. You're there. You're you're doing whatever. And then, um, but yeah, it, it's same as at home when you and you sent me videos. Hey, watch this, and um, <laughs> I've I've watched it, but it's not you know not the same
1: enthusiasm as right. you know right. um, as if you're there in person. Yeah, and I would absolutely you know agree with that. And watching a watching a football game from home, while you can see different angles, see it a little bit better, uh, isn't necessarily just the same as being at the football field. You know, and that's a really bad analogy because there's so much more theology involved in in the church. Yeah, uh, but you know, likewise, there's something about being around God's people. And I mean, not only that, but you know, so how many people go out to lunch after church and just talk about life? You know, a- after church, and you're with other other families and everything else like that, and you're going out together with with people and, and so on and so forth. and you're seeing people. People are seeing your face. Uh, our, our church was never mask mandated. That was that was something that you know we took a risk on. Our pastor thought was necessary, and I loved it. Um, we did shut down for a few months uh, during the, the pandemic, but opened back up. We are the first one in Arizona, I think, back opened back up, and, and we are the fastest growing church. Not to mention that uh, our, our pastor's podcast, I believe, was was the fastest growing uh, podcast during this this uh, pandemic. If you go to uh, um what is it called real faith real faith.com i think that is his multimedia give me a second let me look is it real faith yeah real faith mark Frisco. there it is real faith is their 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 teaching and things if you go to realfaith.com you can find all about that pastor mark and and where i go to church essentially and he has real men real women real marriage real parenting and it's a great resource for people looking to be involved in a church, looking to be involved in something like that. Uh, if you have questions about stuff, that's a really good resource. He has one of the best books, you know, about Christ- about what Christians believe, uh, why they are not uh, super popular in culture right now, things like that. Um, but if you go to realfaith.com, you can find out more about that. Um, and Pastor Mark is just an incredible teacher. He re- he really you know, you, you, yeah. you talk
0: about, you know, like uh, asking questions and stuff like that. Um, Mm-hmm. One thing that the, the churches seem to have steered away, and may, and maybe I don't know, maybe they shouldn't be talking about this. But um, over the last couple of years, we've we've seen a rise in the um, the BLM, the LBGTQ, and other social m- movements. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, churches have kind of remained on the sidelines. They've taken a neutral stance. Is that what the church should be? Should you know? Should they be taken? Because you hear people. You hear people say that the church, you know, maybe if the Pope came out and said this and took a stand, it would make things better. Should the local churches should they be taking a stand on some of these social well, I, movements? I, I mean, or
1: some are. So don't don't I wouldn't say some aren't. I mean some okay. some, de- some definitely are, some some definitely aren't. I think that's that's left up to the local church and its leadership, you know, obviously. Um what a hard question. Um it's 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 a it's a very muddy question because uh, there are um, various opinions in the Christian community about all of that. I mean, there really is, and there's 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 various facts also, you know, about it. So um, the hard the hard part is, I mean, when you um, when you pin somebody down and you're like, well, you don't love this group of people, and that's not true. That's just not true. It's not. You're just making an assumption predicated upon a belief, you know, and if, if a belief doesn't mean that you don't love somebody, if I, if I, you know, if I believe that God created men, men and female, it doesn't mean if a transgender walks into my church, I don't love them. Okay. That's important to recognize. And I think people uh, sometimes will do that. And they'll, they'll, they'll put me in a category. It's um, not, not true to be honest with you or put other people in a category. That's not true. And I think it's, it's sad because we're trying to categorize everybody today. You know, and and we're doing it for the sake of hate, not doing it for the sake of love. You know, it'd be great if we had, you know, some some uh, some categories for you know the best servant, best servant's heart, the person who gave the most this year, things like that. Versus like, you know, um, you know the the worst pastor in the world and the most racist <laughs> pastor in the world. I mean, and that's the unfortunate thing is we live in a really triggered society where um, you can't have a a. a a, I'll say spirited conversation and still have respect. You know, there's the people, and this is this is based upon, we've talked about this before, this is based upon uh, tolerance is not tolerance. Tolerance means you fully agree with my lifestyle and what my choice is and everything else like that, or you disapprove of me completely. That's not true. That's not true. I can completely disapprove, disapprove of somebody's uh, lifestyle and still love them and still care about them. Okay, I do that with people, and people do it with me all the time. I'm not grossly offended, you know, by that. So, that's a multifaceted answer. And today, emotions override biblical principles. You're right, Tim. You're absolutely right. It's and that's unfortunate. Folks are complex. Uh, The instant we forget that, we lose sight of the person in front. Yeah, yeah. People are complex like crazy, and everybody's going through something. I think that that's one of the reasons I I'm slow. There's a verse in the Bible. I think it's in the Book of James that says, um, be slow to speak, um, quick to listen and slow to become angry, you know? And I, I think that with all the anger and stuff like that, that's out there and the hate and everything else like that, we need some people who are level headed on both sides of the aisle. We, we, we are so fast to be angry in today's right. society. It's just, right. you're
0: talking, you, you mentioned the word triggered, you know, people, I mean, triggered is an understatement, you know, just, people don't people don't, people, don't, people don't you see these heated debates on on the you know and i've seen some great debates on all all these topics and man like I said someone says one thing and they don't they don't allow the other person to elaborate or they don't just step back you know and just take a deep breath think about what they said instantly they get triggered and it's just you know you're you're racist you don't like them, and that's you know or or you don't you don't like the you know transgender
1: you don't like this and and, and I've had people, you know, put me in that category and, and what have you. And the the best thing in the entire world is I have dear friends, all those groups you're talking about, I really do. And I let I let them answer for me. You know, I let I I let my I let my my, my buddies here that I, I play poker with, and um, I'm like, it, it's you, you tell them, dude. Am I, am I racist? You tell them. Yeah. You know, do I do I hate all gay people? You tell them. You know, and so like it, it, it's it, at that point when somebody else speaks to what they know is true about you, and they're like, "This this guy loves me. This guy cares about me." I don't know what the heck you're talking about, and why why you're calling him that. You know, so I I let them do the speaking for me because if because the minute I that's why I don't talk about this stuff typically, <laughs> thanks Kevin uh, online because essentially what happens is you're getting you're getting fully you, you can't in a half hour or even like in an hour like we're doing, you can't fully explain everything about everyone's upbringing and why they exist, where they exist, and the conclusions they came to. You just can't that's a lifestyle. that's why you do life with people, man. That's why there's. Yeah. That's why there's people who you know that mean there's people there's people who I won't see for a month because they're gone and he knows who he's talking. He knows what I'm talking about, my buddy Jerry he's in he's in Philly for a month. And he, we are on opposite sides of the political spectrum, but dude, I love that guy. I hang on his backyard, smoke cigars. We get into heated heated debates all the time, and I love it. And I know that Jerry loves me. So Jerry, when you see this, big shout out to you, bro. You know, so I mean, that, those are those are those, but that that's kind of lost in, in today's culture. You know, it's kind of lost that you can't have a, a a various conversation with people and so on and so forth. But I, I, yeah, I got I got to tell you a story that happened this past uh, Sunday, was it you know, Saturday? No, it was, it was Saturday before last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday. Um, not this Saturday, but the Saturday before. Uh, two guys came in to my shop, right? Yeah. And, uh, they're looking for cigars. They're like, hey, our buddy of mine's birthday is tonight. And we got to give him some good cigars. So I'm like, okay, I got some good cigars. And they told me what they liked. And I so I got him got some cigars. And, and my buddy's birthday was tonight. My buddy's birthday was that night. So I, I didn't say anything. I was like, all right, it's cool. It's cool. So I got him some cigars. And uh, one of the guys ended up, like at the very first high school that I coached at when I coached, he graduated from the high school in Ohio. So he's from Ohio. So we're talking a great guy. And uh, I walk into my buddy's party and that's where they are. And they're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> out. dude! what's going on guys? You know? So it, it, it was such an incredible uh, conversation. It, it, it just goes to show you, you never know who you're going to run into. Cause they can you imagine if I had a bad day and I was just like, and it wasn't a great Saturday, but if I if they came in and I was like, "Yeah, cigars are back there, go go get them. I'll check you out. Uh, like, hey, let me show you where everything is, man. How long have you been in cigars? And look, like, are you gonna smoke that? night? Let me show you something I think you should smoke. So it's great to even smoke a cigar with them and chat with those guys as they came into the cigar, you know, cigar lounge. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love it. Was it. it was fun.
0: So next next here, Bradley putting Bradley on the. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love it because you're. You're you're the only one I can have like uh like these conversations with. You're you know I and I know like I cigar it. show Tim and Lee Mac and mm-hmm. I can talk with my dad about this, but there's just mm-hmm. something you put me at ease. You answered my questions. <laughs> I, I, I I love you for that. I can, um, I can so somebody
1: else would put you at ease.
0: <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brad's like, I'm never going on that show again. <laughs> um, but, no, I uh, love this dude. This is fun. You know, so um uh so I read a great article recently by uh, um, and I and I'd never heard of the guy before. You may know him, uh, a Jock Flickin on the PLI blog. And I like to get your insight. Um, and I, I guess it's a Christian blog, what you know, whatever. Because okay. um, because I was really searching for like like what is because you know listen to my dad talk about what's going on in the local church, but uh, he wrote an article. Um, so are three fundamental things that the church is dealing with right now. I'm going to read you each one at a time. And I'll, I'll get your opinion on them. Anybody in the chat panel, please feel free uh, to chime in. Number one, no one knows a Christian they respect. Simple equation. The younger the person plus the larger the metropolitan area where they live equals the lower the probability that they even know a Christian they respect there's a high probability that they don't even know a person claiming to follow Christ who can challenge their stereotypes of Christians, let alone hear the gospel from. And that's what I find, you know, the stereotypes of Christians.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, the larger, so we live in a pretty big metropolitan area. I mean, Phoenix is the fourth largest city, I think. Uh, in America right now, um, just behind Chicago. So, and we're growing. I mean, is the fastest growing city in America right now. You should go do some research; it's pretty amazing. Um, a cocoa kibitz. <laughs> um, so, and, and like I said, we're we're in a post-Christian culture. So, um, and and people have been hurt by the church, and so a lot of times when they run into somebody who is a Christian, um, there's a stereotype already, uh, you know, assessed to it. You know like oh you're judgmental or, or you're this or you're that you're not accepting you're not approving you're not affirming uh, whatever those you know you put your tags into it um and uh christians are writ- written off really quick or christians are so uneducated on un, um, they, they don't even know their own bible you know sometimes um that they're afraid to have you know spirited conversation with their friends. Or because culture has said that if you disagree with somebody, you don't like them and you disapprove. Like disagreement equals disapproval. That's not true, okay? Just because you disagree doesn't mean you disapprove. Uh, I want to be on the side that's that's that is what God wants and not what popular opinion wants. So sometimes that means going to disapprove. I'm, I'm going to disagree with somebody or even disapprove of, of, of the lifestyle they're choosing. That doesn't mean I don't like them or I don't love them. You know, if you would. And disagreeing doesn't mean that you're throwing somebody in the fire like, oh, I'm just dismissing you. But I think that's what happens with a lot of people, and they think that uh, all Christians think that. So I would I would venture to say that, um, you know, a, a lot of Christians are are kind of reticent to, um, to really share the gospel and share uh, their own personal convictions or beliefs, uh, one, because they may not know it. Maybe they grew up in church, and they're like, this is what I believe because I was born in church, you know. Um, or they don't know what they don't know so they don't say anything so that's never been my case I mean my, all of my buddies you know from the from the hardcore pagans to the to the uh, committed Christians know where I stand and so they're my, my buddies who are wanting to go to strip club are like, well we shouldn't call Bradley you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know like, but 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 you made a good point to where
0: um, and, and and I, and I don't want to say a lot I I, I know you know, I don't even want to say a lot. I know a few Christians and 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 I like to I like to poke the bear a little bit because mm-hmm. they're not educated on on the Bible. So I you know, so I'll have questions, like they'll say something and then I'll mm-hmm. have a question and then they'll just like, yeah, it's just it's what what God says the Bible. I'm like, well, I mean, can you know, just can you just explain I don't understand. Can you explain it? No, no, it's just it's just that's the rule. You know, it's just it's in the Bible and I'm <laughs> cool. like, well, that's, that doesn't make sense, you know. You know, you just want to shake them like like tell me, you know, tell me what you tell me your feelings. Tell me what you believe. And and they and they won't tell me what they believe. They they don't they won't give me that, you know, and then it's just like and then it's like ah I I think less of you as a Christian now. I, I don't know. You know you're still my best friend. I still love you. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not believe- I'm not digging on you as a Christian.
1: You know yeah you know, so I, I think a lot of people are afraid to disagree or to be in a category where somebody doesn't like what they have to say, you know, I think that's a big thing. So a lot of people today are like, we talked about social media are so wrapped into social media and what people think about them, that their identity and their value and worth comes from all the likes comes from the views comes from those things. So when they're ever challenged on something they believe they go, well, no, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what i want to say about that because I don't want you to hate me. I, you're going to hate me anyways. I mean, might as well get it out there on the table. I am just, I'm, I'm one of the most hated categories there is by the way, in, in, in culture. I'm, I'm a, I'm a white male married 25 years, have three children, believe in the nuclear family, uh, lean conservative, um, been a Christian uh, as an evangelist. Like I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm afraid. I'm not afraid to tell, talk to people about it. Um, and I'm a second amendment guy. Uh, and I smoke a lot of cigars and drink really good whiskey. I probably pay too much for <laughs> yeah what what, 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 is,
0: what is this i don't i don't understand this
1: i don't know yeah that ain't a gar- good cigar i don't know.
0: ain't a is it good christian
1: is that is that a cigar prompt
0: cigar prop a a prom is not a good christian
1: this is this is his first show i can tell you that and and, 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 and and so nick made a statement too that i thought was really good he says not all christians are gonna agree on things too uh, we're complex in various political and theolo- the- theological oh, okay. ideas. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I would probably put a put an asterisk by that and say, I think with Orthodox Christianity, there's things that we all should hold in, the op- in open hand, things that are debatable, and things that in Christianity aren't debatable, you know, as far as Christians are concerned. And that's because God wants us to be unified, you know, as well as people. So obviously, Joe can see You know, and I love Nick. Nick's, a I mean, he's a good pastor and a great guy, so... Um, I'm hoping to see his church someday when I'm up in Nick, where are you at? And I thought you were up in New Hampshire somewhere. We're we're going to, we're going to get him on our next show. So yes.
0: uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll reach out. him. We'll reach, me. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll reach out with uh, Nick. So, uh, so, Number two, uh, um, um, thing that he brought up: uh, no new leaders coming up. Programs that once seemed to work in raising up next of generation of leaders in congregations stopped working, and we haven't invested in discipling a new generation. Congreg- congregations rely on the same few trading leadership at year by year. Enrollments in almost all U.S. seminaries are a fraction of de- um, a fraction of a decade or several years ago the candidate list for your next capable pastor or staff person seems too thin. Is that um are are, are you seeing yeah. that?
1: It's a rough day for the church, man. Um he, he's in southern california. Oh, oh my gosh, he's so close. I got to <laughs> go. Yeah. I heard I was summoned to Trevor's. <laughs> <laughs> Stewie, dude. Stewie's great. Um yeah, as far as answering your question, um yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not a pastor anymore. You know, and uh, there's, uh, but I still am. I, mean, I, I still meet with people on my shop. I, I consider my, my 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 lounge my my new pulpit, if you would. And so guys come in all the time and just wanna just wanna talk about different things. Um, love and them change their minds and find God. Yeah, people on their deathbeds. You know, there's a there's a big difference um, in that. Um, so, what's he say? New Testament. Where are you at? I'm in. Corona. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cigar show. Tim's in uh,
0: um, uh, Corona,
1: California. I gotta go up to California, man. I keep staying. Yeah, there. You, you gotta, you gotta have a sit down with these guys. I gotta, I gotta hang out with these guys. They seem cool. Cigar show. Tim is cool. I watch the show uh, from time to time. So big shout out to you, dude. Um, so, yeah. There, as far as the next generation of leaders, you're right. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, um, guys, when it comes to the church, uh, it's they know they can make money somewhere else. Uh, they know that, that when it comes to raising a family, being a pastor is very, very hard. I have tremendous respect for anybody who's in ministry full-time, um, just, by, just by nature of the fact that it's uh, very, very hard. Um, yes. Oh, look at this. Part of the issue is that church planning is a diamondism. The older generation of pastors aren't splitting duties. They are simply – yeah, I would I a 100% agree with that, dude. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys that want to hold on to the pulpit a little longer they probably should. And they should be training up somebody else, um, but they don't want to. They don't want to be. Um, they don't want to be uh, handing over the great responsibility to a younger generation, even though they were that young when they took over. You know, uh, the, the former church I was at called Desert Springs Bible Church. Uh, that was probably the best transition of power I've ever seen. Pastor Ricky Eford, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest men in the entire Phoenix area, uh, handed it off to a great. Great, awesome, astounding pastor, uh, whose name is Caleb Campbell, um, who's done a great job with the church, and Caleb's great. Um, so I think, but that's rare where you have a, a protege that you're training up, and that protege takes the time to stay in there and learn the the hard stuff about being a pastor, and then eventually take over, you know, the church. Uh, Thirty five minutes. You, tra- you, oh. you are welcome, Tim. The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> You guys aren't allowed to be together without me, okay? Tim and Nick don't do that. <laughs> don't don't call me on some kind of call like, hey, we're here, where you at? Don't do that. You know, you know I, I found, you know, my parents' uh, uh church,
0: um um they have a hard time youth ministry, you know, that is like the man like I said the turnover is, is high. you know
1: it, <sighs> yeah, it's I was a youth pastor for fifteen years. So um sorry my nicotine habit is getting me. I I I'm 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 dipping nicotine and I stopped dipping, so now I have these nicotine pouches that are helping me get off nicotine. I'm down. I'm down in my nicotine intake. So cigars don't have nicotine. Don't have a lot of nicotine in them. Um, hey, what's up, Heather? Parrot Good lady. Um, <laughs> I know, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, so wow. so yeah. So 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 you're seeing that you know. So not not a lot of new
1: leaders coming up, and and not not a lot of guys that. Yeah, it's it, everybody wants success now. They don't want to do the hard work of meeting with people, talking ministry's hard, man. It just is. It's I mean, any business is hard, but you know you, you, work, you work you work one day a week, brother. Sunday. Right. Yeah, you're, a, yeah. you're you're not seen for six days and you're misunderstood one day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I my, my, my mom, I, I thought
0: the only time she was ever gonna backhand me in church was uh, I was there with them on a on a Sunday and uh they uh pastor was uh, on vacation. She went on a cruise and I go, I go. She works one day a week, and she can't take her vacation. And my mom's like, "What did you just say?"
1: And I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> and that's you got you got think about all the weddings and all the funerals. Oh, yeah. it takes a, it takes a toll. Um, I, I I buried way too many teenagers, way too many babies. Um, and it's it's it takes a toll emotionally on you. So, shout out to all these pastors who are just incredible. In and, and my my personal pastor, Pastor Market. At Trinity, I mean, he's a great man. Got a ton of respect for him, and you know guys like Nick and guys that do it. Um, people leave their the church in twenties and thirties. Um, what church? What you must because something. churches straight up don't care about those
0: ages unless you are married and have money. <laughs> Trevor is a little
1: bitter. <laughs> um, he's not completely wrong. He's not completely wrong. Did Trevor get fired? And uh, he's just now he's no. angry. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Trevor's a good dude. Um, but uh, that can be true uh, of some churches. I don't know that it's true uh, in the majority, because twenty and thirty, especially singles, um, are so, so many, so many dedicated singles at our church uh, in particular. We have a huge uh, majority. I think people at our church are, are, are singles. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, there's a, there's a place for everybody. We've got a tremendous amount of uh, internships, young pastors trainings. They have a pastor's college basically at our church. Uh, that does some really cool stuff. And um, so uh, Pastor Mark in particular saw this coming down the road, so he's made some some big changes to bring on people who have an interest maybe in going into ministry full-time and giving them an outlet to test and see if that's something that they can uh, they can do, which I really respect. You know, maybe if I had something like that, I'd, I'd be in it even longer. But um, I'm very happy where I am. I love where I am. I love that I have these conversations like this. This is my... I would never miss this for the world, dude. I love talking with you about this kind of stuff. I just, Jamie's gonna know when I come home. I just spend time with 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 Kevin. She's like, did you talk to Kevin? I'm like, yeah. My beer's <laughs> not long enough, and I feel great. So, you know.
0: I, I I love this. This is, you know, yeah. um, uh, it, it's definitely a great. Not that I don't love interviewing all these great, you know, like the cigar legends, you know, and, sure, and sure. you know, oh,
1: but, oh, but what? What are you talking Cigar legends and <laughs> that. <laughs> but I, I,
0: I, I love this because we can just talk about anything, you know? Know. And it's, uh, know, and it's awesome. So number three, so last one, yeah. uh, no vibrant, healthy churches that can impact and reach a community. There are 350,000 churches in the U.S. approximately. Estimates run that only 10%, push it to 20%, maybe are vibrant, healthy, and able to impact and reach their communities that's not many churches to serve and reach 331 million people. So, are there not enough vibrant, healthy churches? Or, you know, like I would say, are there not enough healthy, vibrant parishioners? You know?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that might be the case, too. I mean, so the the, 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 I mean, that's a hard question to answer, just by nature of the fact that I don't know the full stats on that. I, I I would venture to say that, you know, there used to be on every block in America there was a church, right? Um, oh
0: yeah, it used to be. I mean, I mean, and still in some southern
1: towns, as you know, as you travel through, there is right, still, right? right. You now. Um, in major metropolitan areas, depending upon, um, political leans, even, um, uh, you might find more or less, uh, depending on that. Um, and I, I think. I think it's a both and and not an either or. Like, is it the parishioner? Is it the pastor? Um, I think it's a both and Vi- vibrant people who are who are alive in their faith and uh, are excited to meet people. There's so there's a really good verse in scripture, and it says um, it's in First Peter. I think it's First Peter three fifteen. It says, um, "But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord." So that means God, he's not just my God, but he. But because I'm a Christian. Um, I thankfully allow Christ to rule over all parts of my life. That means my money, my sexual life, my family life, all these things I look to God and say, God, how do you want me to live life? Okay, um, so I want Christ not to just be God, but to be my Lord as well. So um, set apart, your, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. says, always be ready to give an answer for anyone who asks you for the hope that you have. Well, if anyone's going to ask you, for the hope that you have and why you, you better look like a hopeful person. (laughs) You better look like somebody who has some hope and and somebody who doesn't think that the world is just coming to an end and and you don't know what's going on. And you're sitting on, you know, you're sitting in a bunker with your ammo and you got a gun ready and you're like, I'm just waiting for the asteroid or the, you know, the pandemic to be done or whatever. Um, So that's what I really try to do is, you know, I, I think Christ impacts all of my life. And I want that to, that's one of the reasons, by the way, um and this is a big debate reason. reasoning at our business uh, i sit in the very front of my store so i want to see every person who comes in and i want them to have a great experience here at zeal cigars and the reason i want to do that is i want to show them the hope that i have is because of jesus me, me, to be honest is, is to be, because of what christ has done in my life and i'm more than happy to help them find cigars and have a conversation if they want you know so that's one of the that's one of the reasons i sit here i'm not in the back trying to hide uh, or anything else like that, um, because I, I'm hopeful, I'm excited, I'm thrilled, you know, um, I, I, I I was just, I mean, I had this amazing conversation last Friday with Al McAuliffe, who's a billionaire, you know, and I, I was telling him um, one of the things I really seek to do is be as genuine off-camera as I am on camera, you know, and be excited as off-camera as I am on camera, and to hear him say, well, that's that is you, man. I mean, I definitely see who you are as, you know, off camera is the same person that we definitely saw on camera. So um, <clears throat> because that, I think that authenticity um, is important for people who are looking at Christians going, are you authentic? I mean, do you really live out everything you say the rest of the week? You know, um, for, for example, um, I'll I, I give you a great example. So I just moved to a new house, you know, that back in January, right? Yeah. The uh, mm-hmm. new neighborhood too, by the way. God blessed with this incredibly great neighborhood. I mean, like kids running all over the place, young, young parents running all over the place. And it's just awesome. Everyone's stopping by to say hi and everything. Sounds it's just, horrible.
0: Sounds I know. Horrible. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Get off my lawn and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an anomaly here in Phoenix. I'll tell you that much. It's a lot. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, most people are very quiet. They push the button, going to the garage, push the button it closes. And they're like, oh, I don't talk to anybody. Um, but so, Last, the, the, the a couple Saturdays ago, uh, a couple Sundays ago, I was working on my bike, got a new bike, and um, and I was working on it, put on a sissy bar for my wife. And uh, my neighbor came over and says, You need some help with that? And I was like, well, Yeah, sure, come on over. And, he, and I'm, I'm using an Allen wrench. He's like, I have a, a Allen socket set. You mean just get that? I'm like, Well, I got this. And he's like, Well, I'm gonna go get it. So he goes, gets it, comes over, and he's he's uh, He's helped me out, and we just have a great conversation. Really good guy, name's Brian. He owns uh, State Tattoo here, and uh, he's a tattoo artist um, here on Seventh uh, Street in uh, Union Hill. So State Tattoo, yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, it's it's way more of a way of life than just smoking cigars. Trust me. Um, but the uh, the big the big thing is, he looked at me, and goes, "Hey man, if, if you guys want to do something or get the neighborhood together, i I'd, I'd love that." I'm like, dude, that's my that's my spiritual gift is getting together, drinking beer, whiskey, and smoking cigars. I can, I can do that. You know, let's get it done. So he's like, okay, when you want to do it? And I was like, Oh, okay, call my bluff. Oh crap. Okay. Uh, how's about next Sunday? So I go into Jamie and I'm like, hey, next Sunday we're having the whole neighborhood over. She's like, uh what? I'm like, yeah, we're gonna put the fire pits out front. So when people drive by, we're like, hey, come on down. She's like, uh, okay, all right. And I'm like, yeah, she's an introvert, I'm the extrovert, you can tell. So and I'm like, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. It's gonna be great. So we get to Sunday, and I'm exhausted. Sunday's like the recovery day for me. I'm exhausted. I'm tired and everything like that. But all of a sudden, I have 7 o'clock rolling around, and I got this commitment, and everyone's coming down. So I start getting out tables, start getting out chairs and everything else like that. My neighbors start coming over. They bring their kids. We got some s'mores. We got some whiskey. We got cigars. We got some beer. And we just had a hoot and holler awesome time. It was so great, Kevin. I was like, I just wished you were up the street. You know, I was like, I was like, this was, this was so great. So we get done and everything like that, and we go in the wee hours of the night, about ten o'clock. Everything wrapped up. Kids get ready, ready for school, you know. And my neighbor looks at me, and shakes my hand, goes, "Hey, man, this is oh." Well, oh, one of the neighbors came down. He was the guy who's been in the neighborhood for thirty six years. His name was Randy. He's like the OG. So <laughs> yeah. he he comes down and he's like, "Imagine me, Kevin. Okay, imagine me, bigger beard, yeah, with, 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 like." Uh, he's like gotta be six eight. He's huge. He comes up drives this big hog, big Harley, and he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I'm like, "Hey, dude, come on down. We're having some beer and some cigars. You, you want a cigar?" He's like, well, "Yeah." He brings his wife. The wife sits so the wife's sitting around another fire pit, and the kids sitting around another one. He comes over to us. We're talking, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And he's telling me all about the neighborhood and everything. And super, I just felt like I got the the Godfather's blessing to be in the neighborhood, right? He's like, "Well, you're good, my son." You know, something much that. I was like, good." Um, and that was that was what it was about. And so. I get done, and uh, the next day, my neighbor sends me a text message. Oh, where's my phone? That's right. I'm not going to pull it out because i start crying. And he's like, uh, he's like, dude, um, last night was awesome. Uh, it's the first time in living in this neighborhood for 10 years anyone's ever done anything like this. And I'm like, Oh, dude, this is going to be a staple for us, dude. We're going to continue to do this. I mean, we're going to be hot sweating around fire pits mm-hmm. in the middle of summer, you know. And so, and he's and he's like, "Thank you, man. I can't wait for the next one." So I was on cloud nine. And and, and I'm not. I am not a perfect Christian. I you. There's plenty of people who have plenty of reason to not like me. Okay, but that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's building a community of people that that um, to give glory to God and to love love people the way you think Jesus will love, want you to love him. So he's got a great wife, great kids. And, um, it was just awesome. It was, it was an amazing time. And- you know, my, 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 buddy Brian lives in a neighborhood like that, you know, where all the neighbor, everybody on
0: the street knows each other. Everybody has a good time. They always have these gatherings. They always invite Jessica and I over, but the one thing that we had the most fun with, and that definitely sounds like something that you guys could do in your neighborhood is we went over there once and, um, so there's so many diverse cultures in, in the neighborhood. So everybody yeah. on a uh, – it was either a Friday or a Saturday night. Everybody prepared, like, a little meal. And it was, like, um, at their houses, and it was from their culture. So we stopped at one house, and they were Canadians. So they, they had, like, little drinks and, like, little snacks from, uh, uh, from can- Canada. Yeah. And then we had the, uh, the Russians. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Jessica and I brought I- an Irish dish. We sat up on a little table. And then the next one, so everybody had like these. So you went from house to house, and you had like these little snacks and these little meals, you know, from their culture where they're from, their heritage. And mm-hmm. then it ended at one house, you know, to where Ooh. we sat around the fire and we made s'mores with the kids, and uh, that was so much fun because everybody. It was so proud because like the Canadians, like this is what this is what we do in Canada. We're only here for a few months. We want to we want to 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 show you a little piece of of Canada and same with the uh, um, Russians or Ukrainians. And then like, you know, and then we did the Irish thing and it was so much, we had such a blast. So, what
1: Irish thing did you make? Bangers and am uh,
0: um, We did a, um, um, uh, a shepherd's pie, like a really, uh, like a spicy shepherd's pie. And then Je- I forget what Jessica's side dish was. It was a, uh, um, a what, it was a, a traditional Irish dessert. I can't remember what exactly that that she did so but yeah so we just started at one house we went house to house you know having snacks and drinks you know from their culture and then we all ended up at one house making s'mores with the kids and jumping on the trampoline and you know by the fire and that was super cool and we had so much fun so
1: definitely that's awesome dude you know and it, that, that sounds that sounds like something we could do because our, our all of our all of our street comes from different different cultures as well different places in the midwest Oh, oh, yeah. You know, Cincinnati you you have
0: you, you can make your Cincinnati chili and right, someone else can make right. hot chicken or you right, know, so right, that right. would definitely be uh, uh, super fun to, to get all the snacks that, you know, and the people get excited. I know, you know, like, like, you know, um, uh, uh, like the and I said, I can't remember if it was Russian or Ukrainian. They were so excited because, you know, to, to be able to share their little piece of. You know their heritage with people, and uh, their food was horrible. And we, we tried our best to, to to stomach it, but uh, but it was you know, but it was just so great because you know that was just like the highlight for them. It's like, oh, we got to right. share like this little piece, and we we had so Who much fun. Who they are, you know, that's yeah. the thing.
1: And I, I love that. So yeah, if, if more neighborhoods did that and and got people together and stuff like that, we'd have you know way more fun. And we did. We had we had everyone there from single moms to. You know, full families and everything else like that. To Randy, who was this the godfather of our community, and it felt great that I felt I felt like it was okay to be there now. So Randy gave me the okay. Yeah, you know, and and it
0: helps with because because we had some single moms there as, as well, and it was just you know it was nice because they know you know if something happened, you know, it's like their 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 kids have a place to go, you know, like if, right, in case right. they were trouble or in case they were in need. You know, now they know, you know, Brad, you know, it's like, hey, you know, something happened. You can go to this house or you can right. go to this house and just right. knock on the door. They're going to let you in and they're going to take care of you until, you know, I get home or something, whatever. So, exactly. And you yeah. need that.
1: I mean, you, you, you definitely need that. There's, there's times that, you know, you never know how much you need somebody until you need them.
0: Yeah. That's it. And that's, yeah. and that's, you know, a thing lacking in our society and it's not just you know good dads it's just good community people right. people right. you know they they when they when they feel like they have nowhere to turn or they have nowhere to trust you know it, it it's like be a rat being backed in a corner you know they just it they, they feel so vulnerable and it's just uh you know got to be a horrible feeling but just knowing that they have this community that they can trust and they can count on
1: absolutely absolutely dude
0: well man, I don't so, know how long you are supposed to go. You tell me. So, so we got we got we got what we got one more question and then we'll, we'll wrap question. it up. Okay. So ho- hopefully uh, 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 Nick can join uh, um, uh, chime in as well. If Bradley Reith was a pastor today, oh, have having your own church, you know, pasteurizing every Sunday. I don't I, know if that's I don't I, know if that's the I, term. I don't know, I don't know what it's ministering, called.
1: ministering. Ministering, ministering okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I prefer pasteurizing. So uh, I'm gonna I'm going to leave it at that. What is the number one issue that churches face in 2021? Not just COVID related. It just community societal changes. Um, um, all these what what is what would be like the number one thing that you would like to concentrate on and or or the number one thing you'd have a hard time with.
1: Well, not not I don't think it's a hard time. I think it's just a it's a it's a discipline and I think it's you you make sure that that people's loyalty is to Jesus, beyond their brand, beyond their political party, beyond everything else. You know, their their culture, their uh, their affinity group, whatever you want to call it. Um, the people are loyal to Jesus above everything else. You know, and because that's what God calls us to. So, I mean, I think that's you know, feel like a milk farmer now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be the you know, getting people to know it's all about Jesus. It's not about you know, my political party or this or that, or what have you um, there uh, it's, it's meant to be all about Jesus, you know? So, and if it's all about Jesus, we're all going to win. If it's not, then it becomes this weird political or societal, you know, anomaly that people are just get enough of that everywhere else. You know, everyone's, everyone can tell you about their brand or something like that. I don't, I don't go to my, my church because of a brand, you know, or anything else like that. I go there because, because our pastor preaches Jesus, man. And that's that's what I need, you know. And knowing the Bible and knowing scripture and and that is a, it's a, it's a big thing to us because if you know scripture then then the more you know the God who loves people and just has a heart for people, your heart is changed to love people. It is, versus simply being um a self righteous person. You know, I mean that you don't have to teach people self righteousness, we all struggle with it, you know, um uh, because yeah, man, so that that's that's what I would say, you know, in a nutshell. Yeah. Right, right on. If you pasteurize the message, will last longer. <laughs> Thanks so, for giving that word. I Thank, I appreciate that, Kevin. <laughs> so, 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 so we'll end
0: up with um, um, anything new. How you doing? Your parents are back in Ohio. Are you?
1: Are you know? So that miss mom a- and dad. Miss mom and dad tremendously. Yeah. I really do. Um, I uh, you know, my dad just had a 76th birthday. Um, so, uh, yeah, I miss them, and they'll be back. I'll be making a road trip out to Ohio hopefully this summer to uh, see some folks and uh, have some folks see me. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Good. Doing good. You here to pick up too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank God. Thank God. My sister's in the back. Yeah. So if you want to go right back in the back, she'll, she'll find it. But do you know where our back, back – one sec, Kev. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know where our back, back uh, door is? In the back, get on the street right here. And there's an alley right to your right. This one, yeah, right down there. Alley right to your right, and the back door should be open. Okay. And we have a bunch of packages there. Awesome. So thank you, brother. Right, Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you. So, so, um,
0: so, so, three weeks. The the cocoa chemist will be out. You got anything new and exciting that you're really stoked? Uh, um, house blends coming mid,
1: out or yeah, mid June. I'm sorry, mid mid May. We have um, the uh, the Doc series coming out by Doc Holiday. So okay. we have Huckleberry, uh, you you know, we got Daisy You're Daisy. If you do, um, we got two guns. I got two guns, one for each of you. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we got, uh, um, what was the last one? Prime we're in the movie tombstone, he says, are you tired? He goes, Nope. I'm no. in my prime. So yeah, so, so so you're going straight for the cancel culture. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, We're gonna we're gonna get that. So the um the Doc Holiday series that's gonna include a Connecticut, a Habano, a Maduro, and an Indonesian rapper. That Indonesian uh, is the Daisy, I believe, and it's it's just amazing. So you'll see the the logo and everything else like that floating around on the internet. Um, it should be really cool. Very excited about those cigars. Those cigars are coming from um uh, Maya syllabus factory. Uh, okay. Down in uh, down in Honduras, and they are the spitting image of the cigars that we used to have called Vacade, Tomahawk, Fishstick, and some other one. I forget what the other one was called, um, and when I was at T&T, so they're just the replicas of those. and They were incredible cigars then, they're even better now, um, better than I remembered. So you're going to have those out, and they're going to be incredible. They really will. It'll be the same price point as the other ones still. All right. So when, still waiting for you to make Nick's church father series of smokes. I know I need to, I need to, I need to make a, make a, make a, make a stick for Nick, you know, <laughs> from his father series. So, so, um, so right on. So Bradley,
0: once again, thank you. Thank you for coming pleasure. on. I know I kind of put you on the spot tonight with
1: a few of these questions. <laughs> my pleasure, dude. I, I love this. And there's nothing more I like to do with my end of my day and hang out with you and talk, talk, talk theology and, talk cigars and everything else like that so thank you guys who didn't tune in for all the theology for putting up with us uh it's, and, a, it's one of my and, favorite and, 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 and if you and if you don't do it sh- you got to do a show with
0: nick and tim so i can chime into the chat panel if not we'll all do a show together um, um yeah so so yeah.
1: nick 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 get tim's information send yeah. it to me on facebook or something like that i'll i'll create a show and then we'll have kevin come in and yeah all four of us can get together and talk about some fun stuff
0: yes that, that that'll be perfect yeah. so uh all right brad we'll let you get the shop closed up thanks brother appreciate all you right. have a good one <laughs> see you bud um always remember if you're interested in i tap that cigar merchandise head over to cigarprop.com or um uh, tap that cigar.com um and we definitely want to thank all of our partners for for supporting the show we we, we can't make this possible without you know a lot of fine folks that that help us out so Um, Thank you to uh, uh, J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, Simpler Hair and Beard Color, I use it, so should you, Um, Excelsior Tobacco, the Oliva family, oh my God, just great, great uh, uh, supporters of the show, Corona Cigar, and of course, um, Drew Estate and Experience Acid.